So, Bath Girl, I have a question for you. Yes, Boogie. Do you yourself, the person that is you, ye, she that is her, that is Path Girl, thus thine loveth the frog? Do I loveth the frog? Yes. Do you loveth the frog? I don't know any frogs. I have a feeling I'm going to get to know one. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. Frogs can be very sexual with their flippity floppity legs and their hippity hoppity <laughs> hop and their tingly tungly tongue <laughs> zotting you on your clit suckery suckest sucker it's why, thing. Why are we starting off with frogs? <laughs> because today we're going to end with frogs. Oh, okay. But you know something we haven't done in a while? What? Start a show. The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious... Here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? The Scared that your desires might be strange? The well, come and join our kinky world of play. The Birdie Podcast. <laughs> giggly, giggly, giggly. Rid up, rid up, rid up, rid up, rid up. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording thousands of miles away from each other and uh, very confused right now. I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie. It is I. I'm Count Boogie. I feel powerful today, Path Girl. You sound powerful. I feel powerful. I feel, but before that, I we haven't done something in a while and I just need to does it. Uh-oh. <laughs> because I write notes and then I got to follow the notes. And in this part of the notes, it says, We would like to say hello to all our peepee zombies. Peepee zombie, peepee zombie, peepee zombie, zombie. <laughs> okay, I love that zombie at the end of Peepee. Well, that's, that's drunk possibly getting a parking ticket zombie. Oh, that's... I always think it was like like drunk possibly getting like oral and the penis breaking off in the other zombie's mouth thing. <laughs> no, like, that would be the sad. Thing. That'd be like then he has to settle for brains or something. No, but we haven't informed our wonderful new listeners that there is a level of achievement. Yes. That you can reach with Perverted Podcast. You've heard us say in the past, if you've heard us sort of say, oh, they're pee pee Zam or this, there is a way that you can be great in your life. Up until now, your life is pathetic. <laughs> you have no purpose. You're a fucking nobody. But this is this show, what we have here, Perverted Podcast, coming up on eight years wow. of doing this show. This is episode 371. You have the ability to go on a mission, on a journey, on an adventure, on a quest. To, a quest. A quest. Yes. To become a pee-pee zombie. And how do you become a pee-pee zombie? Path Girl, how many shows do you have to listen to before you are qualified to dub the perverted podcast zombie? I believe it's 50. 
It is 50 episodes if you listen to 50 episodes. (laughs) Now then, if you're working your way up, we have an intermediary award where you get to be a zit. And and that is a zombie in training. And do you remember how many episodes if you become a zit? I think it was 10. 20. 20. All right. I was close. 20. Don't give it it to them. I I want you want to fucking put something in front of them. I just want to put something in front of them. And then, then if you want to achieve, if you want to fulfill your obligation as a human being on earth, if you listen to every episode of Perverted Podcast, and believe me, new listener, many have done it. Mm-hmm. Not just done it, a but lot. done it forwards and backwards multiple times. I've done, I did it backwards. <laughs> Dear fucking, it's like you become a perverted podcast zombie apocalypse master. Yeah. A PP Zam. Yep. And then, like I said, there's people that have done it forwards, backwards. You become like a PP Zam Echo. And we just, every now and again, we haven't stated it. And like, you yeah. know, what's the criteria for that? And we have all these people. We have an email coming up later where she's like, oh, I'm going to be a PP Zombie. And I'm like, holy shit, we haven't told people how to become a PP Zombie. It doesn't cost any money. Yeah. But if you are a PP Zombie, you could reach over right now and click the like button. Please and thank you. See what yes. I did there? Please. Yes. See yeah. what I did there? Nice. So very subtle. See, I rope them in <laughs> to make it. They're they're a part of the show, and now they have yes. to work. It's not that much work. It's one button. It's one. Button. But that's how you become a PP zombie, Path Girl. Yes, Path Girl. I think I'm more interested in hearing about the things that went inside you, and on the outside of you, <laughs> since we last talked. <laughs> Well, uh, I actually had a private party this weekend with uh, Donis, and uh, happy to say that my top doc is on the mend. Uh, he's been given permission to bend his hand a little bit, so he was able to do uh, a scene with one of our friends and with his partner, Kat, which was really nice to watch. But uh, I didn't want to push him too much this weekend, so I was like, I'll, I'll get him in a couple of weeks when his hand's better. So I said to Donis, I said, uh, are you up for doing a scene tonight? He's like, oh, yeah, definitely. So we got back to my apartment. And uh, as I'm changing in the bathroom, I'm hearing like smacking noises and, and, and I, I can hear like the toys, like he's hitting him against his arm. I'm like, oh, he's picking out stuff without even asking me. Oh, okay, my cool. God. He's handling <laughs> shit now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now he's, he's yeah, just he's... taking. Ch- oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, he's he I get out of the bathroom. I have of course, sexy, sexy lingerie on. And he said I picked out a couple of things, but they're a surprise. I'm like, OK, cool. Now. Earlier in the night, we were talking about playlists, you know, that I'm music really connects me to my submission and bottoming. And it's just, right, I like right. a lot of heavy stuff, motionless and white, disturbed, five finger death punch in this moment. Any, any one of those will just drop me right into a submissive headspace. And especially right. like during a scene, the pain gets out of control. I can focus on the music. Fine. So he started while we were driving up to this party, you know, putting some songs on a playlist that he came up with and he picked right. up, you know, Metallica. All right. Okay, so cool, yeah, fine. he's, yeah, okay. He's got Metallica in there. He's, he's going got Metallica for in there. He's got some, he's a big nine inch nails freak. So he got some nine inch nails. There. Can't okay, go so. wrong with nine inch nails. Closer is literally what Steely Dan is to a coffee house, to a dungeon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you used to go yeah. to coffee houses, it's like, it was all Steely Dan. When you go to a dungeon, I don't care. That song's now like 35 fucking years old. 
yeah. closer oh by nine inch nails, head like yeah. a hole. They are staples in almost yeah. any dungeon. So you're never going to well, go wrong with nine inch nails in your playlist. Yeah, and also happiness and slavery. I mean, literally, you know, Trent sure. is just screaming slave, slave screams and just, sure, yeah. Sure, so, sure, So, oh, fine. We start the scene, and he pulls out, um, he wants up pulling out my purple pounder paddle, and then a slap, uh, my purple slapstick, and I have a really cool rubber toy. It's a piece of rubber on a handle. It's kind of almost looks like a piece of tire, You could, but it makes a nice flappy noise, and it's kind of stinky. Nice. So, we're going along, we're starting up the scene and he's hitting me with the slapstick and he's doing with the paddle and i'm trying to get into the music all right it's not my not my playlist but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have an open mind going good and song changes okay okay song change that's good what what came on next what got you in the zone oh it 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 totally did not get me in the zone it was susudio by phil collins I no, no. yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I I literally my hands are in cuffs You're on the door. You're shitting me. You're shitting me. I, I, I hand to God. I I'm I'm hand to God. I just I turned oh around. God. I'm like, ouch, ouch. Is oh my God. He he does humiliation play all on his own. Oh. I just turned around to him. I said, wow, you really have adopted that sadist side really quickly, huh? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. It's a studio, okay? For for those of you playing at home, you may remember an American Psycho that popped up in there. Okay? Okay, did it? So, all right, all right, fine. So then I said to him, I said, you really have turned into a sadist. He goes, wait till later, Hip to be Square by Huey Lewis and the News is coming on. I'm like, fuck! No! Red! Red! Every shade of red! Fuck that! Uh, oh Studio. Studio. Oh just say the word! Studio. Oh my god, get on your knees, bitch, and fucking take my cock! My uber-dominant fucking against-all-odds cock! Fucking don't, dude. Oh uh, my god. I don't yeah. drink. I'll buy that motherfucker a beer for that shit. <laughs> buy that motherfucker a beer. <laughs> oh my god. It's just, yeah, and I just like looked at him and I'm like, you could have at least gone for in the air tonight for the drum solo on my ass, okay? Fuck, my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> studio that's so, gotta be the most jarring fucking song i mean Woo! my 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 <laughs> arms are up in cuffs my head's down my eyes are closed i'm getting into the scene i'm getting into getting my ass beat and then it's just like i raise oh. my head up and i'm like really oh, <laughs> oh it's good so, so needless to say Do- that uh, donis and i are gonna have to negotiate a better scene okay okay now i have on? to ask because <laughs> yes. in my mind that's a, a complete intentional to fuck with you fucking thing but here's the question mm-hmm. is that really like his jam no he it, it was totally in there to fuck with me. okay thank god <laughs> oh my god i would have been like whoa uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Granted, he he likes some '80s music, but he knows oh, how sure. like yeah that that music's important for my for my submission and bottom and stuff. But it's just like yeah, it's one of those like I'm going to torture <laughs> you now because this is the last song you want to hear while you're getting your ass beat. <laughs> that is good. 
That is good. <laughs> this guy has really stepped up to the point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is some funny fucking shit, dude. Oh, my God. That I is just... good. That's creativity, personality. Mm-hmm. He's pushing your buttons. He understands that there's some headspace going on in here. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is a top. It is great because a lot of times the bottoms start to get a little, you know, maybe ahead of themselves a bit. Mm-hmm. Start to be like, I got this wired. I know how this top works. And every now and again, it's good to just be, yeah, just fucking smack that around. That's great. That's a beer. That's a fat fucking beer right there. I'll make sure I tell him that. One day. That's fucking Sue Studio. Yeah. That's probably got to yeah. be the best fucking song you could play in a fucking scene. Oh, to fuck my with God. Someone. Yeah, just just I'm I'm never going to look at that song the same. I mean, I, musically and we've talked about music on the show before. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I could make that work and I have partners that I could literally make that work because then it becomes a funny, happy scene and you're joking around and you're going to laughter. There's, you know, we've had, I used to do 80s night at Threshold Mm -hmm. and it was listed as 80s night. You're going to hear 80s music. You're going to hear The Cure. You're going to hear Walking on Sunshine. So it was oh the same gosh. type of thing, but everyone knew, and people would just be like, fucking what the fuck is this? And half of us would be playing and singing every song, but there would always mm-hmm. be people there like, what is this shit? What is mm-hmm. this shit? And that was fun for me because it's like, motherfucker, you didn't read yeah. the fucking bold headline, 80s party, then that's not my <laughs> fucking problem. Go fuck yourself. Walking on sunshine. Let me stare you in the eye. Ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> that is a good story. God yeah, damn it. Yeah, so, yeah, we finished out the scene and then uh, had some nice raunchy sex. And then it was just, I just kept shaking my head. Then I just going, Phil Collins, man. Sometimes love is less than nice. You may need some fucking advice right now. And we have met. Well, you're the one reading it, so you saw it. Yes. Yeah, well, you yeah, saw you it, God it damn it. <laughs> but it's exciting and look, yes. it's your it's it's our listeners show. So if you have questions, questions for other people, things you're thinking about, topics that you would be good, perverted podcast at gmail.com. It gets us pumped up when we get letters from our listeners like this one. Path girl, why don't you go ahead and read it? Yes. So Kit Kat wrote into us and she has Kit a Kat? question. Kit Kat, yes. Mm. Give me a break. Have you ever had green tea Kit Kat bars? No, I've seen them, but I never got the courage up to try them. I don't know. Fucking amazing. Have you ever had milk tea Kit Kat bars? No, those I haven't seen. Look, Japan doesn't fuck around, man. (laughs) Japan, you go to Japan, they got all the fucking cool ass flavors of Kit Kats. My therapist came back from Japan and brought some, and I'd never had the milk tea ones. Mm -hmm. And I want to, because. Because the Kit Kat that wrote this letter is mm. hotter than fuck. So oh, I haven't seen her picture. Okay. She's she's hot. She's hot, and I think she wants me. Oh, she, she didn't actually say she wanted me, but I got that vibe. That desperate, desperate fucking <laughs> vibe. She doesn't actually want me, but if she did want me, I would put a green tea Kit Kat right over. Her fucking snatch 
Ooh. and lick both Kit Kats at the same time oh. to double the flavor. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. But you know what she really wants you for? What? Boogie? What? She wants you for your advice. Great. It's fucking great. It's great because that's what I'm here for. Just uh, yeah, well, just love giving that advice. Fuck, why should I fuck anymore? That's, I have so much wisdom. Yeah. You, you never away. know how you might get thanked for that advice. Hmm. I already know. We already know after eight years how I won't get thanked for that fucking advice. Just read the fucking letter. I was in a good mood. Fuck this shit. Okay, so Kit Kat wrote to us and asked, and she gave us some context for it. She said, a bunch of group leaders locally have been vague posting about local predators and consent violators, including one who was temporarily banned and supposed to work on himself and is now back. I don't know who they're talking about, and they can't obviously post a name on FET without getting banned. I don't know if I should DM one of the leads and ask who it is or even if that's appropriate. On the other hand, if more people know that it would be safer, I think, since it would be more people able to call out that bad actor if he minimizes or lies about what happened. Mm-hmm. There's also a local rope top who I know has been on time out after some shit with a previous partner. He's not banned, I don't think, but in one of the groups we're both in, he's in a restricted role on Discord, and the group leads have aggressively asked him publicly what he's doing to fix himself. Good. A little while back, I asked the leads what exactly what happened, and they offered every level of detail down to seeing text messages. I had one point thought about playing with the top, but that was before everything happened, so I wasn't vetting him or anything at this point. I personally felt weird asking for too many details because I felt like I was being nosy or a gossip. But then again, if, if I had gotten this info, would it have been better for people to know what the dude did? So her question is, how much responsibility do I have to myself and others to seek out information about bad actors in the community outside of vetting someone for a potential play partner? And when you do seek out this info, how much info should you be looking for? Should it be something like, oh, he was a deliberate consent violator or an idiot who played outside his a skill level all the way to this happened at X event with these two people and here's the proof. And where's the line between looking for info and being nosy? It's a great fucking question. Yes. By the way, Kit Kat, she who does does not yet want me but should. <laughs> Because I offer candy with oral. Oh. See? Whatever. Look at me. I'm still butthurt. <laughs> I haven't even ever had a conversation with this person. I'm already butthurt about the rejection that hasn't even occurred. Okay. <laughs> but let's get into the advice. Yes. Because uh, I love this question. We do talk now that people are once again, we've talked about kind of, leadership responsibility and what's your thing and vetting and those types of things. We do talk fairly regularly about that, but I have some, some more brass tacks ideas that Mm -hmm. I don't think I've shared that are a little more, uh, maybe a little harsher uh, in some ways, but I'll start with real simple. In short, if you are looking to vet for yourself, you have the right to seek any info you feel makes you comfortable right. to risk your body with another person. That DNA samples, learning Portuguese, you know, jump through whatever hoop, you know, fucking, you know, take a slice of their ball sack. Whatever you feel <laughs> is, they may say no. They may say they no <laughs> and you may get rejection. There's a lot of people that would let you take a chunk of their nuts. There's fucking all sorts of amazing uh, CBT people out there, but I digress. 
Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to do for yourself, you are a hundred percent responsible at all times for yourself above anyone else. You are first wow. responsible. So there is nothing wrong with you seeking information, whether you're going to get that information or not, or how that's going to work. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you, I believe you have every right to, to make people jump through whatever hoop it, you, you think they should jump through to make yourself feel comfortable. As long as you understand there may be a, level of rejection because of that. Right, right. I mean, you as an individual kinkster don't really have any responsibility to seek out information about bad people in the community. There's nothing written down everywhere. There's no kink law that says everybody needs to know about every single person. Sure. That being said, it's up into an individual to decide how much responsibility they want to place on themselves to learn about potential bad people in the community. Some people just don't feel comfortable at all talking about topics like that, or they just don't care and they just shy away from it. But you as an an individual person, if you decide you feel the responsibility toward your community or toward your friends, you want to seek out this information, you have to make the decision of, well, do you want the bare basics, which could be hearsay or possible gossip, or do you want, you know, actual truths that can be proven with witnesses or factual information? Right. Um, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And as far as, you know, her, she was, she brought up a couple of times about being nosy. Nosy to me is kind of like the eye of the beholder where it's just like nosy to me would be like, you know, I've had, uh, I knew a couple of months ago that they were always playing together and they weren't dating, but then they started coming to events separately. And I wanted to go up and go, Hey, what happened to you two guys? That would be nosy. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's a difference between getting in people's business, like, or someone's like, oh, I don't like that person, you know, or whatever. Yeah. They, they didn't do anything They're really creepy, wrong. They just don't yeah. like them. And now you're like going to leaderships going, hey, people don't like them. What's wrong? You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to a certain point to where it's like, shut the fuck up and go play. You know, right. if there's something, though, that's legitimately a concern if there's a legitimate accusation and surely if there is proof or some sort of report or arrest or something that happened outside restraining order. Yeah, absolutely. Those are things that we deserve to find out for ourselves and the other people that we care about that go to the same places that we go. Right. Yeah. Myself personally, like this has obviously come up before and pretty pretty much anybody who's been in lifestyle for a while, or even if you're new, you may have heard about this, where it's just, I would want the information as a single woman, but I want factual and truthful information yeah. that we can keep people out. And and there's the, the key words, factual and truthful, either stuff I have directly witnessed, people that are in my inner circle that I completely trust have witnessed, or the person who's had the bad thing happen to him talking to me and say, this is what happened to me. That's it. Everything else to me would be gossip. Hearing, yeah. you know, oh, you know, hearing everything else. Oh, yeah, I heard that this happened with this person. Where, where's the proof? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there's no sources. Proof. There's no actual exactly. sources. People are just once again, they're like, oh, I heard this, and you're like, who'd you hear it from? And they're like, right. oh, just around. And it's just like, you know, there are people who don't. I mean, I've been a victim of this. I yes. love saying the word victim, by the way, because I'm such you a. Are, victim. You were. I'm a total victim you of this. Are. So, but no, people have talked shit about me and now there's all new people there. And so they're assuming that I'm this horrible predator person, whatever, with there's no evidence. Exactly. But people are still saying that, oh, that guy's a predator and he, you know, he does this and this and that because, and these are people that have never even met me. Exactly. These are never people that have even talked to my former partners. 
So it, it, there are people that for whatever reason, and once again, we're not, you know, getting into the, how much is victim blaming and blah, blah, blah. We're not even talking about that. We're saying that in an imperfect world, which we live, there are people who are willing to embellish their stories that they have about other people Mm -hmm. in order to bolster themselves up or get people that they don't agree with philosophically or whatever to not be around. And then there's people who are flat out fucking liars that have an agenda against somebody. So when you're going into a dungeon situation where you have kind of a little community there, that stuff happens. Yeah. That is part of, uh, that is part of running a dungeon, which leads me kind of to my next, a little bit more harsh reality for people that attend dungeons that aren't in leadership. Nobody, I've talked for years about running parties. I tried to do the math. I don't have math, but I can comfortably say that I have either led or been significantly part of hundreds of events at my years at Threshold and other places that I volunteered. Hundreds of parties. As a rental chair, I ran multiple parties. I managed multiple parties a month. I had, you know, at one phase or another, I've been in this game. I could start a dungeon with two people from scratch. You know, my experience, I believe, is valid. So if I say nobody puts together a party and fantasizes about all the fun they're going to have dealing with bad, abusive, evil people and or the multitude of savior personalities that are going to tear down every step of how you and leadership deal with it with people, like you said, that have little or no proof. And they offer no proof, but they're all going to sit there on their comfy little laptops and talk shit about the leadership. Yeah. At any step of it, no matter what you do, short of kicking out everyone that they fart on. Nobody fantasizes about that. No leadership thinks about the day that they have to pull people aside and say, hey, there's accusations against you. And so we got to blow up. Nobody thinks we think about starting parties like, hey, everyone's going to play together. This is going to be great. We're going to have fun. If it's for a business, maybe we're going to make enough money to support ourselves and blah, blah, blah. But unfortunately, severely unfortunately, this is part of the game. Yeah. It's part of the game to deal with people that are awful on both ends, either the accuser or the fucking predators. Yeah. And there's no way to completely know who's who and who's going to show up and who's going to do what and who's telling the truth. And that's why when you talk about getting as many facts as you can, facts are facts. You can work with facts. You know, hey, here's fucking, here's the text messages this fucking asshole sent. Where he threatened, you know, this, or here's, here's this, or there's an actual case going on, or a restraining order, or something like this. Those are a lot easier to kind of, those are a little more cut and dry in leadership to deal with. 
But when you're dealing with hearsay, especially when you're dealing with stuff that happened outside of the dungeon, rumors about people outside of the dungeon. In the dungeon, there's people that see what's going on, hopefully. Right. If you're paying attention and you have DMs and whatever. Best case scenario, somebody has seen it and it's in the dungeon where the leadership has a responsibility. Right. In the dungeon. But outside of the dungeon, it starts to get real shaky. Yeah. Unless you have a lot of legitimate proof. And I feel bad for any leadership that has to go through that constant battle of everyone judging and and saying all this shit. Because we nobody signed up to that job to be the judge, jury, and detective of every fucking situation that happens that upsets somebody or offends somebody. Yeah. But here, here's where I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. And this goes okay. back to what Kit Kat wrote. I understand that during an event that leadership's supposed to be there to help protect people, police people in a way to a certain extent, you know, decide, you know, you know, weigh all the information and say either you're right. banned or you're not banned. That's fine. But what I didn't like about this was that, you know, there's people, you know, supervisors of, of the Discord boards and like they're point blank in a public forum going, well, what are you doing to fix that? I really think that should be behind closed doors between the, the two people the, the thing happened to and the leadership. It shouldn't be out there on public going, well, we asked you to fix yourself. What are you doing to fix yourself? Maybe that person doesn't want to discuss it. Or, you know, you're kind of also re-victimizing the victim where it's just like you keep putting it out there over and over and over again. Sure. That stuff should be dealt with in private. Obviously, leadership could put something on a Discord board and say, hey – we understand that something happened at last event. It was a consent violation. It was a, sure. it's, it's going to be a police, you know, the bare minimum. So that way everybody knows what's going on, but the actual factual, you know, showing text messages just to random people who, who ask for it. That's a, that's a little too much. Well, I me. mean, I, I, that th- I, me the wrong way. I, I don't have a problem with you having that opinion. Surely. Um, thank you very much. And look at that. We even get to disagree. I love it. It's turning me on jerking off here, jerking off. But what I will say is I think that's also kind of case by case. If it's just somebody shot off their mouth or did something stupid, or maybe were insensitive or, you know, any number of things, then yeah, I absolutely agree that that should be handled behind the scenes. I still think it's a good idea for leadership if it affects the group that you're a part of that that it is reasonable to ask somebody hey you admitted it you you know this this is out in the you know the thing what are you doing to make yourself better um but in certain things if you're talking about like a legitimate consent violation if you're talking about rape if you're talking about anything that is uh, surely more serious um i don't have a problem with leadership saying because we're once again we're not the police we're not a judge we don't deal with this in court the only thing we can do is use the information that we have and i don't know how texts would you know i don't know who admits yeah i'm sorry i raped you well i mean people have done it they're stupid but Uh, um, yeah (laughs) yeah but you understand what i'm saying so maybe that's a little more case by case but in general yeah i totally agree and another thing i i just want to kind of share kind of in closing of being a dick um to the club or party uh to the leaders of that party um i'm sorry you have there's a lot of i've 
been to dungeons where they're like, yeah, we uh, we have a hands-off policy. We don't do anything. They don't have DMs. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. They no, don't, no. Uh, you know, just kind of, I mean, if there's a screaming rape at the dungeon, then yeah. they'll intervene, but they don't want to know anything about anything or whatever. Uh, and those are places I don't go and play. Oh, no, I would not set foot in there. No. Nope. And that, and that is, but that is still a personal choice right. to not do that. My point of view is you have a, as a leader of an event, whether you get paid or not, you have a moral and legal obligation to do your best to create a safe environment for the people that you are allowing to give money or are in your place. Anyone can sue you. So you, whether you want to or not, if you know, and there's been enough proof that you have a predator abuser in your dungeon, you do have some responsibility. How that works out, you know, that's, we can talk about that ad nauseum. Right. But the reality is, is get over it. Suck it the fuck up. You want to have a party. It's, yeah, we want to play most of the time, but there are things that happen. Yeah. Psychos do come in. People do come in and abuse. And not even just predators. You know, what about people that are just, you know, chronic liars? Yeah. That create discord amongst the group to bring attention to themselves. There's lots of those. There is there hasn't been any assault, but they're just a piece of shit. Yeah. As leadership, you have to kind of decide, hey, is this person because I mean it does come down to business in some sense. Right. You know, if 30 people don't want to come to my dungeon because one person's a complete asshole, there's a real good chance I'm gonna tell the asshole to leave. Right. And but then also that can backfire on you also because it's just we lost one of our favorite dungeons down here because of just some petty bullshit over one person getting banned. And it was just like they wound up like it, it took down the whole dungeon and it's sad. It, it, it's it, just sure it's, it's I, awful. I, I agree. But once again, there are situations. There are situations yeah, where yeah. it's you just say you just don't get along well with people. Right. You don't get her. You rub a lot of people the wrong way. Now, then, if if you give someone warning, which we have, mm-hmm. I've done it. I've done it personally. And then there's certain people that are like, this is just the way I am and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah. you know, sorry, leave. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you. Great. Fuck yeah. me. I'm not, you know, I, I, we're going to have an empty dungeon. Yeah. I think to bring it back to what Kit Kat, like, originally asked, is like, how much responsibility do I have, meaning her? If I were in her shoes, even though I wasn't vetting this person, if I knew that I someone that I care about would come in contact with him, I would get the basic information of, okay, what is this person's FET life name and what what was the nature of it? Was it a consent violation? Sure, was it sure. policing? Whatever. I would leave it there because not unless somebody came to me and said, hey, do you know about so-and-so, the consent violator? And then right. I would, you know... And here's another thing, a tip I've gotten along the way. Anytime I've gotten information like that, like firsthand from a person, I always ask that person, do I have permission to share this publicly with anybody right, who right. asks? Sure. So good. that way it's not gossip. It's no, I have it directly from the person it happened from. Here's their text message, you know, if, if you want it. But I ask permission to that person. Can I share it? 
Otherwise, if they say, no, I don't want you publicly sharing this. If somebody comes up and said, hey, do you hear about so-and-so? I'll go, mm, you may want to talk to that person over there because the I really can't directly. say anything yeah, yeah. and kill the gossip. Yeah. I mean, it's fuck. It's a dance, man. Mm-hmm. It's a shitty dance uh, for me. It's the answer, school, man, it's pissing me for, off <laughs> for me. Well, it's like that anywhere. It's not, you yeah. you know, any church group, any bowling league, any anything where people bond together and have a community. Eventually, people are going to be really attached to it. And then it's going to be like, well, you don't belong here and you, you know, the click. And I mean, it's just kind of normal. And you do your best as leadership to create an environment that doesn't encourage clickiness and bad communication yeah. and whatever. But ultimately I I don't feel bad to not be in leadership right now. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. I wouldn't do it again, or I wouldn't be of service if a, if a dungeon opened that wanted my services um, to then stab me in the back after many years of service. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a it's a tough game, and and I'm glad that Kit Kat reached out because it is a good conversation to have. Ultimately, you're responsible for yourself first, a hundred percent. Because yeah, don't ever we... expect anybody to handle your safety for you. If they yeah. do, great, but don't expect it. Yeah, I, I hope we were helpful to you, Kit Kat, in some way. And uh, she also, uh, they also put in the bottom of their note, you know, love the podca- podcast. Boogie, you're absolutely hilarious. I've only made it halfway through the backlog, but I'm on my way to being a full zombie eventually. So there we go. Oh, Another zombie a full zombie or a zombie apocalypse mask? They said full zombie. So what, I, maybe they a new a term. Zombie. Yeah. A new ter- Kit Kat, because I know you sort of might want me. Call you me. should let us know. <laughs> Call me. Holler. Kit Kats. Holler. I'll order that shit from Japan to put on your pussy. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll fucking do it. You want milk tea? You want green tea? You want both. I'll put one in your ass. I don't care. I'm sounding desperate, aren't I? Just just a little bit, yes. You know why? Why, Boogie? Because I'm fucking desperate. That's why. <laughs> I'll admit Aww. it. Fuck me. Jesus Aww. fucking Christ. How many times can I swipe right on Tinder? Oh, come on, Kit Kat. Give him a break. <laughs> I'll take a bit. Oh, did you just say that? God fucking damn it. Pinky News is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah. There's an E, then there's an N, then there's a Y. GMA Enigma. Enigma. I do that because I'm like, I should probably write Enigma another jingle, but I didn't. So <laughs> that's fair. Just that's throw fair. it out there. Just throw yeah, it out yeah. there. Well, you use the old one until then. Start right, right, right. Get my shit together. How the hell are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know the the torrential hurricane that's hitting the West Coast has been an, an entertaining. Um, aspect of my life, but you know, yeah, it's like we almost got real rain for a minute there. <laughs> I know pe- people. People over here have no idea what they're what they're dealing with. Yeah, it's like I'm. You know, I'm trying to explain to Leah in Texas. She's like, "Well, you know, you're getting that thing." I go, "No, ours is the problem with California rain. Is it's like a little rain, but it just goes on for three days at a time. Whereas in like Texas." Like the sky unzips 
and literally <laughs> deluge. Like you can't. I remember being in Texas. You couldn't even get from your car to the front door like twelve feet without being literally drenched. Well, yeah, but you were also right on the coast. So anytime a hurricane hit, y'all y'all are fucked. Yeah, but even in just regular normal normal Texas Corpus Christi kind of rain, it was a deluge. Mm-hmm. But and so I'm constantly trying to explain that to her. She's like, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes cuz she's all, I thought it was really scary." I'm all, "Nah, it's fine." And then the other <laughs> night <laughs> I'm sitting in the car at the library and it's like people are floating away i drove around cars that were getting stuck in the water by the airport it, i was oh, like yeah, what me the too, hell me is too. this it's insane right now <laughs> like, i don't have another word for it um and well, we're supposed you... to get more this weekend too oh yay yep oh oh yay but it's kind of <laughs> cool i mean it's not i mean here okay let's i'm not gonna be a bummer but mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. living in a car is is you know it sucks but dude, when you're in a car and you see somebody that has no car, right, and they're walking in the rain, and it like it's, it's heartbreaking because you're it's fuck, dude. Just be grateful for whatever the fuck you have that's a roof over your head, not telling you to stay in toxic situations, but um, you know, be grateful for whatever you fucking have. I, it shut me up real quick. That being said. Uh, <laughs> vagina would be a lot better. I mean, y- y- yes. What about <laughs> one of us? Has one of us gotten any vagina? Um, I got a little bit. Uh, let's maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now. Um, okay, good. Yeah, like it was. It was kind of a, a, a surprise thing, um, but it, not not unwelcome. And, um, you know, I I, want to do it again. (laughs) Here, here. So that was real descriptive. Yeah. Well, no, I I was, I was getting into that. So yeah, no, it it was, it was just, it was a lot of fun. We, we had like kind of a, we're we're both switches. And so we were able, we had kind of that dynamic going. Um, We didn't get into like anything super sexual because they're, they're very on top of things. And so they wanted me to get an updated test and all of that. Okay. Okay. Um, but other than that, it was like, it was, it was just, it was, it was very sexy and they, they were very aggressive. And at one point, like after when we were just like cuddling, they were like, I, I, you know, I almost just pushed you down and and got on your face. And I was like, I would not have said no to that. So it was very wrestly. Yeah. Very, very wrestly and aggressive and a little primally. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. That is very cool. So just more clawing and scratching and biting or was there any toys or, uh, there was, there was some toy fun. Yeah. Uh, more, more on, on her part. We, uh, like I have a, I keep a wand next to my bed, um, for, you know, for fun times. And so we, we grabbed that and, and use that on, on her for a little bit. We, we, but it's, it's funny. We both kind of have some, some sexual, you know, for lack of a better term, dysfunctions. And so it was kind mm-hmm. of just like, we, we play until we're tired and then, and then we, and then we chill and cuddle and it's great. So, oh, okay. So she doesn't, she's, she has some some blocks with uh, orgasming then yes okay yeah that's yeah yeah you that's exactly the way you work through it don't put mm-hmm. the pressure on it and just say hey let's just go to arousal let's yeah. just go in, until we're having fun and if you start to get in your head then we just stop it, that's absolutely good job good job thank you yeah 
So, uh, <laughs> so we have some important things to talk about. Very, very Couple important. important things. Life changing. I, I, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to make jokes that are horrific. Oh, so I usually don't normally do this. <laughs> well, the first topic we're going to talk about is kind of fucked up because it's important and it's science and whatever. But right. in science, they experiment on animals and I'm going to make jokes about it because it's kind of fucked up. And mm-hmm. so if, mm-hmm. if you're animal squeamish, then uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, skip forward or backwards 20 minutes there. <laughs> there's your second warning. I don't give it. Let's get into it because this yeah. is amazing. So this this article comes from, uh, oddly enough, the Sci-Fi Network, the Sci-Fi.com website. And it is entitled, In a Pinch, You Might Be Able to Breathe Through Your Butt. <laughs> gonna let that sink in for a moment it made me so happy oh i'm like we're gonna mm -hmm. see some good science today (laughs) so it's not ideal but it could work despite being the one of the creepiest of the organs your intestines play a big part in your everyday life but and in my notes i spelled it with two t's (laughs) could they help you breathe animals of all sorts breathe in various and in various ways and some even can breathe through their butt turtles slow their metabolism in winter and can get most of their oxygen through their cloaca, which we've talked about cloaca kissing before. Um, Scientists wanted to find out if mammals could do something similar. So they took pigs and mice and deprived them of oxygen. Uh, One of the methods they did to see if they could uh, get more air in there was some of some even had their intestines scrubbed, which they didn't get into detail what that meant, but that does not sound pleasant. Like an Um, SOS pad or... Yeah. (laughs) Let's go in there with a toilet scrubber. Um, uh, they, they had their intestines scrubbed to thin the mu- mucosal lining to reduce the barrier with the bloodstream. Um, and surprisingly, 75% of the animals who received ventilation in the butt and had their intestines scrubbed survived for the full hour of the experiment. Um, <laughs> but the other 25%. The other 25% uh, <laughs> died in various ways. Uh, and after about 11 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, um, they tried various other methods of introducing oxygen via the intestines and found a lot of surprising success. While the intestine scrubbing is rather dangerous and much more research is needed, breathing through the butt is surprisingly vi- is a surprisingly viable way to breathe in an emergency. <laughs> the second I saw that, you were very gracious to jump over some of the uh, details. <laughs> of what the but basically <laughs> you're shoving a fucking air hose up a pig's ass mm-hmm. and surprised that it fucking drops dead <laughs> after eleven minutes yeah. of yeah. depriving them with oxygen. So it's you just you it's it's amazing the stuff we have to do to figure out stuff that's horrific in caveman right now, but it's like the pigs are just like, what the fuck? Like, don't worry, Mr. Piggy. We're just going to go ahead and insert this tube up your ass. You're going to notice that the uh, air in the room is going to get a little thinner. You might get a little dizzy. And it's like, fuck, dude, can't you just spray makeup in my eyes? Like, what right. the? Like, it just, it just struck me. I just started laughing at how, at how horrible biology is and what we have to do. But I was fascinated by the process because mm-hmm. this is they did have success in some of yeah. this 
they 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 were able to get uh, yeah reading the when i first got the article i was like okay so this is a we thought this would be cool but no this is not viable but it's actually something they actually got people to survive for a little bit and it it this they is another pigs. article that yeah pigs and in mice. pigs in pigs and mice um but it it, it did remind me of uh, i don't know if you have ever watched south park but there's a whole episode of eating through your butt. Yes, um, classic episode. Cla- classic. Martha episode. Stewart so, eating an entire turkey, you know, mm-hmm. lubing it up and putting it up her ass. They called it like reversed indigestion, astion or something. It was amazing. Something like that. Some something fake and made up. But yeah. So that that, that th- this made me think of that whole scenario. Well, what's amazing about that, and that's where the 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 tube scrubbing comes in, because mm-hmm. obviously the goal of the heart and lungs is to pump oxygenated blood throughout your system because that's what everything in your body needs to survive. I'm going to be really horrible at, at, at biology right now. Okay. So the idea of being able to get oxygen into the blood through other ways, especially if you start dealing with people that can no longer process oxygen through their lungs, you know, emphysema or what's the, is what's the one that's just, awful where the you just you're like drowning i don't think that's emphysema uh Mm, like there's a there's lung diseases where you your lungs are effectively they do not work and so stuff like this would be amazing and then all of a sudden you start well then what's the heart for you you know because they have they have you know fake hearts Mm -hmm. they surely have that and but it's like you still have to get rid of what is it the byproduct that's like the carbon monoxide or something that that right, happens so, in the transference right so it's like we we breathe in oxygen and then breathe out the carbon monoxide and so right. we'd have to figure out a way to make that work better but yeah like like they were saying like in an emergency like we can pump like good oxygen into the person and you know maybe maybe if like um they're they're in a in, a, in an instance where their head is maybe stuck somewhere where they aren't getting oxygen like we've had cases where you know miners um and i'm talking about the like digging coal miners um and other sort of things get stuck in a certain situation and maybe there's a way that they could we can give them oxygen without endangering them more (laughs) you're like i'm stuck in this hole and they're all don't worry ron (laughs) we're gonna get you out but first we just gotta make sure you can breathe no i've been breathing (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing what are you stop it stop it (laughs) we're just helping you make it through buddy we're gonna get you out of there (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden you hear like a dominatrix voice in the background so ron you've been naughty We mm-hmm. joke because it's funny, but it's also amazing to see that process, you know, to see that eventually we will be able to replace. I mean, I kind of thought about the whole carbon monoxide thing. Isn't that kind of what they had to figure out on the on that uh, rocket ship in the 60s that that fucked up? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was what that was the thing. They couldn't get rid of the carbon monoxide. So I'm like, OK, well, you just you build a little spaceship in the chest <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, you know, and then there you go. All of a sudden we are able to like people will in the relatively near future not need some of these major organs to survive. And I'm sure optimal optimally it's going to take a 
a while, but if you can give somebody even a year while they figure out how to fix other stuff, that's that's mm-hmm. an amazing discovery. I mean, and, and we're already getting there with um, we're figuring out how to grow organs that can replace natural ones. And like yeah. we're coming up with like uh, cybernetic or robotic versions. Like I know like robotic hearts are coming along really well. I don't know if anybody like I know we have pacemakers, right. uh, but I, I don't know if we have any viable like robotic hearts yet. But like a lot of that's coming along. And like, yes, it like I think the, you know, sacrificing pigs and mice. Um, for this isn't maybe the best plan, but like child molesters, there's lots of them. I mean, there, yeah, there's yeah. lots of them, and ones that you know, not the ones that maybe oh he was just creepy like me, but you know, but like the ones that you actually this is a fucking child molester or you know serial rapist. There's a lot of people that you could just you know. I mean, I'm not a fan of pigs, but you know, put the tube up the right ass. I mean, if you're donating your body to science and you go to prison for, you know, something horrific, might as well, you know, this sort of might as well. And and who knows? Maybe some people are really into, uh, you know, breath play and anal stuff. Maybe some people Mm -hmm, will be like, mm -hmm. I just want to be a part of the experiment. (laughs) Exactly. I I know my safe word. They're all, oh, this guy shows up every week. No, we're not <laughs> going to do this experiment on you. Sir, this is a once a month thing. It's it's dangerous <laughs> if you do it more than once a month. Do I get my juice and cookies afterwards? Yes. Fine. Fine. Ah, oh, good stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I don't have a soul, but, uh, oh, the next topic, I'm going to be even more soulless. Oh, I, I I cannot wait. All right. So our next topic comes from NPR.com, and it's entitled Tips and Service with a Smile Rules Fuel Sexual Harassment in Restaurants. Yay! So, hey, yay. guess what? Hey, hey, Enigma, before you go, you yeah, know what yeah, else? Yeah. What? Water is wet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody who works in the service industry is going, yeah, and? The sun is sunny. Yeah, and right. Oh, I never even mentioned I'm sitting in my underwear in cold storage right now, just because I felt like okay, it. Yeah, I'm very fair. brisk. I just felt I just felt I needed to share that with you. So let's oh, go you. on and, and discuss this uh, tremendous new finding about uh, the weight service mm-hmm. and men. Well, and 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 I will preface this with like uh, it, we're we're laughing at this, but like the fact that people are actually studying this is is very good because it's stuff that is important and like everybody knows, but nobody is really. Um, it's it's hard for people to talk about, and so have being able to point at at studies is yeah, is yeah. very good. Yeah, that I mean, because without the study, you can't uh, do the legislation and the grants and the blah 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 right. blah blah. blah. But uh, yeah, and and surely you and I start out first. For there's no excuse or forgiveness for abusive actions towards an employee mm-hmm. uh, of any professional establishment. We're going to talk about other establishments that have mm-hmm. similar problems with this so we're not sure. making light of that but yeah this is something that's uh you know pretty well known it is so um in in this in the study that they're talking about 70 percent of female food service employees have been sexually harassed regularly during their work week tipped wages and rules that require employees appear friendly and pleasant at all times work to create a culture that caters to harassment uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Im- Imlon Business School in France say 
Their study is the first to provide a link between tipping and sexual harassment. They wanted to focus on uncovering the factors that are driving the prevalence of this harassment. To do this, they they surveyed 92 uh, full-time service employees about their income, whether they were and whether they were required to appear positive at work and how much they were harassed because of it. They also recruited 200 men to go into restaurants um, where the researchers adjusted how the waitresses would interact with the men. Uh, basically, like how if they would go out and smile or if they would laugh or like how, how, how were the interactions going to right. uh, go out. So the results, as we kind of uh, alluded to at the beginning, confirm the decency on tips and the pleasantness requirements do in fact increase uh, the harassment that the wait stat or the waitresses would get. Uh, more than half of the women in tip jobs said, depending on tips, led them to accept more uncomfortable behaviors from customers. Um, Timothy Kundro, the leader of the study, said, I think we really want organizations and managers to think carefully about their financial compensation models for employees and also their requirements for service with a smile. I I have some thoughts, Enigma. I do too, but you go, you go ahead. I have well, I, I I'll I'll start with. I don't. Mm. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, no one's fucking me anyway, so what the fuck? I might as well just speak my mind and dig my hole uh, a little bit deeper. This is an entire cultural issue where men have been raised to not value uh, a woman in the workplace. And I, I'm not saying that like, you know, super liberal, like fuck men. Right. I'm just saying that I have friends that stopped working at gas stations, wearing frumpy clothes behind a glass. Cause they were cute. Mm-hmm. They were cute. And they're like, I didn't want to sell gas because I just got hit on 17,000 times a shift and I don't want to do that. It's I was there alone at night and, and it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it. There's a lot of industries where anytime you have access to someone who's attractive that the, the men that do not value respecting women are going to act inappropriately. Right. So the, the issue with, tipping and it's one of the absolutely the last line of that I completely agreed with where they're like hey we need to reevaluate this the tipping structure because it's a double edged sword right. the wait staff wants that because you can you know if you work your tips you can make more than minimum wage or more than a, 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 a crappy wage as a server because of those tips but in the same sense because of that you have a lot of people that act extra nice to get tips and it, and it, uh, some of that is innocent. And then, but we both know, I know plenty of women that are like, fuck yeah, I flirt for tips, right? Fuck yeah. I flirt for tips. So it's not just the men, the women are, are all, some of the women are also a part of the problem because they're initiating like mating rituals with people. When you flirt with somebody, it turns them on. I, I don't necessarily think it's a mating ritual. I think they they do it because they yes they want the tips and maybe maybe in a certain way they want they they like the attention. But at the same time, like 
you kind of talked about this uh, initially, like it's, we've been like we've been trained to accept that. And so like women who want to get those want, want those tips because they have to pay bills because it's the society we live in, like they're they're going to I, I, I wouldn't so much say that it, it is uh, them do them doing it. I, I, I think they do it because they have to, not necessarily because they want to. I think that's more often the case. I th- absolutely, and we're talking about numbers and general, general yes. numbers here. Yes. So, but what I'm saying is, in an industry that has a certain percentage of women that know exactly what they are doing and mimicking these behaviors and putting a hand on a shoulder or leaning over and showing their cleavage when they had, there are waitresses that do that ad nauseum. I've seen it. I've flirted with them. They play the game. They talk about it. I've worked with a lot of different women. It is maybe the minority. Absolutely. the Because most, most of us aren't pretty. So ugly fat people don't really have to worry as much about being harassed. So this really comes down to what initiates that, that harassment, you know, at what level? Because they, mm-hmm. they're not saying what, what the level is. I mean, are you talking about grab ass or are you talking about, you know, people handing you their number and then someone saying that's harassment? There's no, the, the study didn't really list what levels of harassment are. But if you have a system that gives people the opportunity, some people, then mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed, too. Right. Because it sends a mixed message. If you flirt with a guy, then he's and, and you're just like, and I'm not talking about abuse and, and harassment. I'm talking about when somebody flirts with me, I get very excited. It triggers something in me that right. is part of my mating behaviors. When somebody leans over and smiles and, and you know, and does those things. Regardless, I'm, of course, my job isn't to harass them or grab their ass or say, I want you to suck my cock. But we cannot pretend that we are human beings. And yeah. if there is an attraction there, then you are going to respond to that attraction. And we can't deny that because we you, you can't pretend that. I mean, no, no, I, I, I think if there's a genuine, genuine connection there, then that, that's something that's something completely different. But I also think that if a lot of these businesses that are that are tip based, if they just switch to paying like actual minimum wage or even above minimum wage, like how that behavior would change, because I think what happens with tipping is is something that we also see in like gendered pricing um, out in like parties and out out here is you have people who come in and they expect a certain level of in this case a certain level of service because they are there they know that they are expected to tip and so like if they don't get that sort of interaction then oh it's like oh i'm i'm like you, you we hear horror stories of people like they put out a stack of bills on the the, the table and every time the the wait staff does something that they don't like they take a dollar away yeah so, i mean that's rare though i mean that's to complete douchiness that's super I, douchey. That's super I, I, douchey. I think it's more. I think it's more common than you think. I have. I have never in my <laughs> life seen that. I've heard of that. That mm-hmm. shit you see about by fucking like super, you know, supermen on TikTok. But I don't. Th- I think the attitude of that is present. But I also think when when you're dealing with mating behaviors, 
giving gifts is part of that. If I give her, if I give her an extra five bucks, then she's going to think I'm cool. And then she'll give me her phone number. Yeah. So I think there's an expectation there that is unrealistic, but that is part of what happens in normal mating scenarios anyway. It's just, I mean, the issue that I think we need to work at, the bigger issue that's harder to deal with, but unfortunately, until you deal with the fact that young men and women are not being trained on how to act towards other people. I'm not just saying, uh, let's just not make it all about man bashing. Right. In general, we don't communicate anymore. We don't learn social etiquette. We don't, you know, we're not learning these things. But yes, as far as uh, body autonomy and and manners and and how to treat somebody, that's the bigger issue, and we're not taking care of that. True, and like I, I think like this this study specifically um, was you know looking at uh, how men treat women, but like we we've talked about articles and studies before where you know in the the gay community there's a lot of um obligation to to interact and to date or to to like flirt and whatever in that in that in those circles too so i I think if you looked in that world like it's not we're, we're not just bashing men we're bashing the entire system that has set this up to be um to like basically accept that this obligation is there and um, that th- the expectation for for flirtation for uh, any sort of like reciprocal um, I don't know romance uh, romantic right. gestures I guess is is part of it and if you don't ex- if you don't like it then it's like oh then get another job it's like but I can't that is get exactly where we need to go with this conversation because yeah. unfortunately. Until you deal with the bigger issue of people not knowing how to treat other people or knowing how those boundaries are established or getting a unified effort from all restaurant owners to support their wave staff. And and there are a few restaurants that are really good at it. And if somebody acts inappropriate to to their wait staff, they're fucking gone. They're absolutely gone. And the wait staff feels supported by the ownership. But that is fucking rare, Enigma. Oh, it's so, that po- is, it's so and rare. So, so unless you're going to get that overall mission statement changed in all restaurants, you know this is how this job is going to be. Yeah. You're not going to stop this. You can you can bitch all you want and say, you know, write studies and do all this. But the, the bottom line is what's going to actually change as long as you have to flirt for tips and play this game there are going to be people who are going to misinterpret that system and abuse people because of it so either get rid of tipping which of course go talk to most of of the waiters and waitresses they don't want to get rid of tipping they don't want to if you told a bunch of waiters and waiters that's why they go work at the big fucking restaurants enigma is so so they can make fucking 60 grand a year Right, but like I mean, I I don't I'm not a a waiter specifically, but like I am a tipped worker. Like right. I, I do work for for deliveries, and like I would like yes, when you get the big tips, like that's really really nice. And like I'm not saying we have to get necessarily get rid of the tipping structure entirely, but like making it so these workers have to rely on the tips to survive. That I think is the problem. That I like I think needs to be the solution, or needs to be where 
where a lot of this would be fixed because now the waitstaff doesn't have to doesn't have to accept those those things that made them uncomfortable those behaviors that made them uncomfortable because they don't they don't need that tip because they're they are they're already making enough on just on their hourly wage or on their uh, what, what however their pay structure is to not have to rely on that that's why i think you have Kundro, the 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 guy who was in charge of this study focusing on the companies and the management not necessarily on the employees because that's where the change is going to happen not because yes you're t- like the, these these ple- people have to take these jobs it's it's part of the thing so if you want it to change you have to you have to change it from the top not the bottom i wish you could just work in an honest hour getting an honest hours pay but i don't understand <laughs> if you are a waiter or waitress and hate everything that i have said please perverted podcast at gmail.com <laughs> Let us know. Let us know mm-hmm. what you think or, about or, this. Or you know, pervert per- podcast on Instagram. Let us know. You know what doesn't pay good? What what doesn't pay good, Boogie? Getting a tube of oxygen shoved up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure even the ones that that survived uh, weren't traumatized. Weren't all that happy about? Yeah, You're like you should have let me fucking die. The fucking pigs just like <laughs> sitting there in the in the barn. Just pawing it some hay, just like oink, 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 been masculine. Or just like sitting in the corner, staring at the wall. It's like, what's it all mean? <laughs> it's all, what's some it Some reason all it has a, a Cockney accent. It's what's now. it all mean now? <laughs> and that is the end of show 371 thank you for listening if you have any questions comments or if you want to ask us to discuss any topics please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on fetlife tiktok or instagram under the name perverted podcast you can support us for free by hitting that like and subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on it really does help us get seen and have other kinksters like you find us and if you'd like to do a little bit more to support us, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck to our Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast, where you get the podcast a couple days early and some extra love and support. And as always, love and smushy kisses to all our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Fantastic. And I offer my penis. I offer your penis as tribute. I offer my penis is tribute. <laughs> just gonna stick it in i don't fucking know it's been a great show a lot of fun discussions thank you so much path girl for being here You're and welcome, uh buddy. thank you putting out the good work we're doing the lord's work path girl it's the church of cock we it is oh my god we haven't said that in a long yeah. time either the church of cock yes the church of consensual kink yes Yes, that That's, is what you are uh, part of. Brother Boogie, can you can you give us a sermon for the Church of Cock? <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen to the cock.
dogs can kill you. Kill you.